0: Welcome to the Art and Science Punks podcast, where two lifelong learners talk about art, science, engineering, technology, and how we play with these things in our day-to-day lives. You can find the Art and Science Punks on Twitter at ArtSciencePunks. I'm one of your hosts, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner.
1: Hi, I am Rob Stenzinger.
0: Welcome, Rob. Yeah, and thanks, n- Kate. Thanks. And tonight, we're going to talk about encouragement and support.
1: Okay. Encouragement and support, yeah, in general or
0: sort of. But how do we encourage each other? How do we encourage ourselves? I think that's a big piece that I want to mm. make sure we spend some time thinking about and talking about. Is how do you do that um, self support and self encouragement? Um, and how do we encourage and support our children as they learn new things, work creatively, do art, do science? So you know, really specifically related to. Learning, learning new things, how do we kind of
1: mm-hmm.
0: grow that, develop it maybe is the word I'm looking for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it sounds like um, maybe a capacity for uh, getting through some of the roadblocks when you're learning a new thing.
0: Yeah, I think that can definitely help when you're learning something new and, some, and it's challenging and you might get stuck or... Um, it can just be really difficult. I think it's a nice topic for us to kind of dovetail into where we've been in 2017 on the podcast. You know, we started out with goal planning. We've spent some time on the podcast talking about critique.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And we talked about learning, I think, last time. So um, support and encouragement.
1: Uh, I, I think it goes, yeah, that fits really well because as you're learning something, so how you engage with the learning process, you might be um, like, do you have a lot of positive reinforcement? Do you have some, some maybe negative um talk sort yeah, of like some that, did, that didn't go how I expected and now I've got a sort of story I sort of work through in my head about yeah. it and uh. Uh, yeah, I think it's possible to, to change, rewrite the story, much like um, one of the shows our, our children watches. Uh,
0: <laughs> A little Super Why? Yeah. I'm just going to change this story. Super Why
1: is really good at reframing.
0: That's true. Yeah. That's another topic, maybe.
1: Maybe, yeah, and totally. But okay, <laughs> but what I want to start I, is... I don't think it's dissimilar, though. Like, no, So the absolutely. encouragement, I think, it's almost like reframing, reframing is the okay, I'm picking myself up and I'm looking, I'm choosing to look at a different angle on this thing. And now I can start telling myself a different story about it. And that's where the encouragement comes in. And that's my sort of you're stages are absolutely. You're that.
0: absolutely right. That's okay. funny. That's funny. I hadn't put the connection together with, you know, Super Y, which is a big part of our days right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, between listening, you know, to, um, to books like... Um, the, uh, the upside of stress and then mindset. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it, we like, talked about those
0: last, last Yeah, session. exactly.
1: Um, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there with an episode of Super Y and you're like, wait a minute.
0: This <laughs> is teaching reframing. Yeah. To me, it's funny. I'm just going to do a little Super Why tangent for a second because to me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, what was going through my head when you first brought it up um, is I didn't always think of it as reframing because what's so funny to me is they take um, classic stories and this one character he's like no we're just going to change the word like we're just going to change the story Mm -hmm. like we have the power to change the story which Mm -hmm. i think is a cool message but i'm like oh uh huh this is the way sleeping beauty goes
1: (laughs) But wait a minute (laughs) you
0: can't just change how rapunzel ends
1: (laughs) or yeah or humpty dumpty or i mean so anyway
0: that's what was going through my head when you first brought it up but you're right it is reframing and it's and it's a very cool concept
1: what well, and and it totally clicked with me after I actually read those books and encountered Super Y again. Oh, funny! Yeah, and uh, okay, so
0: so where I'd like to start is I'd like to start on kind of the self aspect of it because we'll talk about how we encourage mm-hmm. each other and support each other and 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 um, colleagues and coworkers and, and family, but mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things that I want us to spend a little time on is is how do you you support yourself? How do you encourage yourself um, when you're working on something new um, or something difficult or you're just working through your creative process? It doesn't even have to be difficult or hard, but how do you support and encourage yourself when you're um, doing your creative process or your scientific process? And first, Mm. as I know you're thinking about that, is... Do you have a different context, a different way you frame that? <laughs> right, because sometimes you do. I sure, yeah. Like I'm like,
1: hey, that's a nice question. I'm going to answer a different one. <laughs> um, uh, no, and I don't. Uh, yeah. Well, that that's that's one of the trade offs of, of reframing and and um, okay. So, how I encourage myself is, I think practicing noticing when I'm when I'm not helping by being uh by having some negative observations and focusing on those things then then um, having that as like a flag or like a threat where it's like okay i wait a minute i'm actually pretty annoyed with how this went i was like okay recently i've been learning um a lot more about like the unity 3d environment yeah and uh, I was really into uh, Adobe Flash at, you know, yeah. ages ago. So if you're familiar with this or not, it's kind of like um, a, Adobe Flash was a way to make uh, two-dimensional drawings and cartoons. Animation. Animations, highly interactive if you wanted to or to make the animation process more efficient and whatnot.
0: Yeah. And it and was very um, visually done it was a timeline you could draw it was
1: totally related to tools and metaphors that that artists had been exposed to overall right it it had quirks a learning curve no doubt but like you know if you've been into using something like photoshop it's not beyond your reach at all and um let's see time changes times you know whatever technologies change that's a whole big story and there's this thing unity 3d that that is um an incredible place where there all of a sudden there's honestly a community that that strikes me as similar as this whole flash thing and whatnot and whatever i go through some thinking pondering testing poking and i've i'm like okay i'm going to take this a lot more seriously besides just yeah i've worked on projects that use unity but i'll be in a role where i don't have to necessarily go. do all
0: the coding or yeah all that.
1: so i'll be doing design or, or and, and whatnot and research. But then, oh, here I am trying to learn unity and thinking like, well, I know I should know this stuff and what have you. And, um, bumping into just things that, that, uh, concepts I, I, understand, but yet am not able to bring about a result.
0: Sure. And that can feel frustrating or,
1: Oh yeah. Super frustrating. And, or does
0: it, is it exciting? I guess I shouldn't put words in your mouth.
1: No, I mean I, I'm happy to be um, uh, primed, <laughs> and uh, I would say because of my mindset, looking at looking at that particular thing. So I guess it depends on what I'm learning, and wh- when I reach a like some result I was not wanting, like how I deal with that result, because with Unity as cool and amazing as it is. I've always eyed it with this kind of suspicion and and uh, mm, distance because of it uses a language that I'm not really currently a fan of anymore. That is like its primary language. It's got other ways to get into it too. You can kind of use a so whatever. It's C sharp is its it's its first class language anyway. And then but you can use JavaScript or something that's kind of like Python. Boo anyway. Um, trying not to go off on a tangent, but it's super easy to. So but like you, I find myself in that position, learning this thing, being frustrated, and then I just for really detailed particular context.
0: So I'm curious, two things: how do you, how do you recognize when you're needing to kind of take a step back and and support and encourage yourself? Like, what's yeah. that cue for you? You've mentioned frustrated, being frustrated. Yeah. But what's that cue for you? Um,
1: Well, it's the feelings are a signal. That's it right there. Like that's the signal where it's like, why, why is this annoying? Because this is actually pretty amazing. And uh, I know that I can learn this. So why don't I? And so past things I've tried are stories I can remind myself about. Sure. Uh, Where it's like, I've done similar enough things, or even if it's not exactly similar, um, facing something that put you to a test is almost a way it's like a bookmark you can always come back to and say, you know what? I did that thing. I can do this. Come on. And then you
0: can. Sure. Well, and that's a nice way of, of encouraging yourself is reminding yourself of the successes you have had.
1: So it, okay. Is that something that you do or what, how does that work for you?
0: Well, I think for me it's a little different the frustration, the, that frustration or emotion is is a key for me to say, okay, I need to stop and, and support myself. or, um, And it's really about kind of figuring out how can I give myself support and encouragement. But I think for me, I more often... Um,
1: Just from the frustration where you're like, okay.
0: Well, that's what I was going to go is no. For me, it's typically um, I notice it when all of a sudden there's... Um, Bad self talk going on. Mm. So when I'm working on something and I, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, in my head, you know, you're an idiot. You can't figure this out. Why aren't you, you know, why'd you just mess that up? Kind of, mm. you know, just silly, bad self talk. And that's mm-hmm. when it's like, okay, wait a minute. That's ridiculous. Um, and and kind of reframing or turning that self talk around. I mean, that's one of my big strategies for um, for self support. It's really about um, changing the self talk and changing kind of what's going on in that internal dialogue. Hmm. Um, and so, it isn't always frustration that keys that off. Hmm. Sometimes it's um, more sadness or um, what is the word. I mean, self-loathing is way too strong because it's kind of not at <laughs> that level. But disappointment, it's... disappointment, maybe. Thank you. <laughs> <I couldn't...
1: laughs> disappointment is like definitely one of the speed bumps on the way to self-loathing.
0: Yeah, um, because it doesn't it doesn't kind of get to that place. I've got an, enough tools in my toolbox, but it is this this self-talk of, oh, you're such an idiot. Um, you know, mm. why didn't you know how to do that, or why couldn't you figure this thing out? Um, And so there's, you know, sadness, frustration, kind of all those different emotions. But for me, I think one of my biggest strategies is, um, is to kind of change that self-talk. But the other, I think big strategy that I have for self support and encouragement is I've stopped being afraid to ask for help. Mm. And I'll ask anybody for help. (laughs) I mean, within reason, Mm. um, and in, in what I mean by that is, um, you know, I had a situation very recently where I was very frustrated with a piece of software. It was a new piece of software that I didn't know um, how to use very well. And I had tried and tried probably three or four different times. I had spent a lot of time with it, you know, done some online searches and, and read some things, couldn't figure it out. And I finally brought it to you and said, OK, I'm so frustrated. Will you just watch me step through this? And then, you know, from both a design aspect and a UX aspect, maybe you'll see something I'm not seeing as far as how to make this software work.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, that, that's funny. Getting, getting outside of your own head, because you know, just hearing from other people, just right. any, on, on any level, because they may have expertise, they may have um, something else, but like what they guaranteed have are, is a different perspective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, when I say I'll ask anybody for help and I kind of laugh, um, I've been known to ask um, both our seven-year-old and our two-and-a-half-year-old, what do you think? You know, like if there's something like, I'm really frustrated with or I, I'm struggling to how to figure something out and um, I'll ask I'll ask them. And um, not because I think that they're going to have maybe the answer, but because it's always interesting to hear their perspective. Mm-hmm. And it does kind of take me out of that negative place and they'll have some really fascinating ideas of how to, you know, (laughs) how to go about fixing, you know, if something's broken in the house or whatever, a recipe I can't figure out, you know, just add more sugar, mom. (laughs) 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 We made frosting the other night and it didn't turn out. Oh, yeah. And we had to we had to start over and, and redo it. I mean, how does frosting not turn out? But yeah. it was a good learning experience for, for them, you know, to kind of see, nope, it didn't work. Like, it turned into a solid <laughs> and it was no longer spreadable.
1: And, okay, so there are different examples of, I mean, frosting that doesn't turn out versus something where you have a deadline, you've got some... Um, other expectations, commitments that are... Sure. Um, oh, absolutely. ...pressures and forces where you're like, okay, I... um This went wrong in in one context is frustrating. This went wrong in another context is like a kind of funny. This went wrong. You know, and so like, it really depends on the context. That's very true. Yeah, wrong.
0: context is important.
1: Yeah. Um, then, I guess, does that... I mean, so how does that sound like... um like a like a factor when you may or may not need need any encouragement, where you're like, oh, whatever. The the context itself is is somehow.
0: Oh, I think so. Flexible
1: I think, and supportive, or something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, making frosting not a big <laughs> um, concern there. And in that case, um, kind of shifting the, the conversation a little bit, it was a good teachable moment. Mm. Um, that this isn't a big deal. This is a little deal. Oh, right. Um, this is a, this is a little hiccup. This is a small problem. And what can we do to fix it? Mm -hmm. Oh, look, we have more ingredients right here. What do you think we should do? And so it can become a a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. Um, which leads me to ask you another question. Hmm. So you talked about that kind of one of your key ways of self-supporting and self-encouraging has to do with, um, reflecting back on all of the the things you have been able to accomplish and figure out right so you can remind yourself listen i've worked through hard problems before i've figured out other hard problems so when you're when you're working with the kids how do you support and encourage them if maybe they don't have kind of that long history of um wins under their belt
1: uh trickery (laughs) (laughs) Mostly it's, uh, honestly, I I hope that they become curious enough to be that mad at a problem. That is a, that is an actually hard problem.
0: Okay. Now you've introduced a new concept. Talk to me about being that mad at a problem.
1: Uh, that mad at a problem where it's, it's now the problem is you being mad more than whatever else is, is in the situation that you, where you're stuck. And, um, if it depends on, I mean, all of us have different capacities this is, um, you know, different styles and abilities, what have you, but like being, um, frustrated when, um, like, like, oh, I forgot the definition of a word versus, versus, um, you know, jumping into a totally different discipline that I haven't really studied much about, uh, much about, sure. and are trying to f- you know actually build a project or something, right? Uh, that's I mean, those are just really different situations, and you could um, uh, somehow. I, I don't know if this is. I don't know. If this is a funny thing because. It's okay to be stuck in any of those situations. Right. Yet if um if somehow in the midst of being stuck that's not the um uh, it's not a finality, final final ultimate definition of the situation and you're like, "Well, I can keep exploring this."
0: Oh, I like that. Sure.
1: That is a way to find a new capability or capacity or thing or whatever. and, and Or like, even
0: another perspective. Take a look at it from another perspective or another way.
1: I'm literally trying to encourage our kids to be over their heads and frustrated, but be okay with it.
0: Right. I like that. So to be so mad at a problem that it's a, a good problem to have. Moral. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that I mean? Kind of like, thing. and I'm frustrated, but it's okay that I'm this frustrated with it because mm-hmm. I'm working hard. Yeah, I know that's one thing we are, we talk a lot about in our in our house is you know working hard at something is what matters. The fact that you're putting in the work,
1: and at some point, you do that enough. And in, in, with, in Wild a supporting envi- environment, all of a sudden you will, <laughs> well, <laughs> you will Wild. have a lot of not success, but then you will have eventually have a success I mean, Absolutely, through, you know, learning adaptation, getting comfortable with that kind of thing. And then that, that becomes a new piece of your vocabulary that is, um, uh, you can easily pull upon it next time when you are frustrated in facing a problem and being encouraged by that.
0: I like it so that you're constantly building. Yeah, on it, those pieces. One of the um things that I do kind of work with also when I'm working with the kids is and this goes to kind of the the setup that you talked about is, you know, f- giving them a- appropriate challenges that they do have those successes so they've got those things to build on. Mm-hmm. But also what you said about having them in over their heads on some things I think is also a good thing. So it's kind of doing that balance of, you know, here's some softballs, right? So here's some easy problems and challenges to, to figure out. Now here's a bigger one. And it's different, you know, for the kids at different ages and different places. So it's kind of fun to keep um, keep up with them and, and their their growth in that area.
1: So the – the- in, in a way, I think we've gone through a few different areas of that encouragement. Yeah. Is there, um, like another area that you were thinking, um, like you mentioned, uh, others and colleagues or yeah. whatnot, um, which to me seems probably different than,
0: than the someone that yeah that yeah.
1: you're like caretaking for or teaching or being a mentor of or
0: Are married to married or <laughs> in a significant relationship with. Yeah.
1: Those, those boundaries are different.
0: Yeah, I do treat my colleagues and, and my encouragement of my college colleagues and coworkers is, is different than, I think, kind of the way you and I support each other.
1: Mm. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Um, and Same. it's different from the way that I work with the kids, but I have to be um, honest, it's sort of similar. Hmm. Um, so when I have colleagues, depending on the situation is, right, depending on the context, as we've talked about, because um, you can't, you know do this with anything, but, um, I do my best to set people up to succeed, um, but encourage them to find their own way path to that success. Hmm. So oftentimes, um, if people are asking me how to get something done or how to solve a problem, I may, um, just listen and kind of listen and encourage and ask pointed questions and kind of let them talk it through. To kind of um, find their own solution. Hold on, hold on.
1: So I'm 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 sensing a different flavor of encouragement that is also encouraging, which sounds sounds like uh, acceptance, right? So mm-hmm. I'm describing sure. a problem, and you're just kind of, hey, that's okay, and and this yeah. is,
0: um, I think acceptance is absolutely, but I think that's also inherent in all of the areas that we've talked about for me because it is an acceptance, but it's also um, there's uh, maybe some interviewing to help people look at the problems in different ways. Um, There's Mm -hmm. some similarity and where I will direct conversation around um, what's the scale of the problem, Hmm. right? So I will encounter folks um, at work that, um, you know, the world's biggest crisis has just hit them Hmm. And I'll help to um, ask questions to make sure that they've right-sized the problem, Hmm. right? Is this really a giant problem? And again, not to make light of, but we do that for the two-and-a-half-year-old all the time, right? Like, is this really a reason to lay on the ground and cry? (laughs) (laughs) Or could you just ask somebody, you know, to pass you the milk, Um, And so, and to a certain extent, there's some of that. So interviewing too, is this, is this really a big crisis? Is this really a big problem? Um, And then, you know, other questions. And if it comes right down to it, I think to kind of wrap up this thought, the other piece that I do with coworkers and colleagues is, is I may offer suggestions of here's how I may handle the situation. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I will verbally say, but you need to find your, you know, what works for you. You know, here's the approach I would take. So they've got an idea but they don't feel like they're being told what to do okay well
1: yeah i mean it's still an option for how do you know like what tool do they choose to pick up right to move forward
0: and everybody has such different styles i, th- I feel like in a professional environment i don't know if you feel that way in your in your office space mm-hmm. but for me i feel like you know what's going to work for me uh, i have a very good colleague that i work with you know every single day, and we have the same job and and we we bounce things off each other all the time, and we often joke the two of us couldn't take the same approach to problems. we're just very different in the way that we operate okay so we we bounce things off each other all the time, but you know when I would say to her, "Here's how I would approach it, you know she's gonna laugh and say, "Yeah, that ain't gonna work for me, but <laughs> I can take these three things out of what you said and apply it this way
1: mm so okay encouragement can be uh let's see that the, like accepting in general but not doesn't have to be prescriptive yeah and that's uh because it is different than saying you know going the sort of quick you know devil's advocate framing of um it's not just saying you know shut up and take it and right. pay it, you know no no pain no gain and you know some kind of uh uh Embracing the negativity in a heroic way, or whatever, and or just poking someone in the chest, saying, "You know, <laughs> you think you have it." Challenging it could be worse. Uh, you, um, you uh, you're describing that. Uh, hmm. I it just feels like there is a lot of commonality of encouragement across different. That, yeah.
0: And that could be just that's kind of the way I work, right? So um, I have <laughs> the things that work for me, and I guess maybe I am using them across more modalities. Sure. What about your experience? You oh. work in a more—I'm um, going to say—more creative space than I do. Um, so I don't know if that has if that changes the context. Hmm. Um, but when you're working, either you know your day job or your collaborative projects that you do um, outside of that environment.
1: encouragement so I mean encouragement creative creative process I think is a um, it's not totally it's not alien from what you describe Um, I I think you can encounter some some sort of general recurring themes of of problems but um, I think I mean it's one of the reasons why I've been very attracted to, to the discipline of facilitation and oh, uh group cl- you know group creative experiences because it's trying to find a way that helps a variety of people relate to a problem and and just get into it somehow and which mm-hmm. isn't dissimilar from like playing D&D as a kid <laughs> where you're like I don't know you seem really into um punching stuff you might want to be a fighter or um you know what you like a lot of different things you might want to be multiclassed Or, yeah, I mean, where that, it is, mm, I am really, really walking a fine line in my head right now from wanting to totally reframe just the, the idea of, of in a professional context, that there are people who are creative and people who aren't creative.
0: Did I trip into one of those contexts?
1: It's it's yeah. I mean, in the human experience, I mean, like all of us have um, the uh, the ability to sort of you know, communicate and express stuff into our world when you have some kind, some level of ability to participate in that. So that is creativity to me where
0: yeah and that's that's a really good point rabbi i think you're you're right on there and so i think there's a lot of similarities in kind of how you approach it but i do like the concept that you brought up of um listening to others and understanding where they're coming from and um and and you you have a, a really good skill at this but understanding kind of where people's passions are like you can hmm. you can see that and spot that and pick that out and so what a what a fantastic encouraging and supportive thing to do to say here's what I see in you hmm. I see you are somebody who you know likes to punch things
1: yeah <laughs> um and you can say that in a way where maybe you're saying that directly or you could say that I see a few different interesting options. One of them is punching things, <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> and uh, and where it's more presented as a question or whatnot. And absolutely, so encouragement can I, it's it's like finding that relatable way to keep conversing. And um, oh,
0: I like that—the relatable way to keep conversing.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're not stuck anymore, and and like, yeah. you're not stuck as a listener. They're not stuck as someone who's expressing that. And um, you get That's to m- great. keep moving.
0: That's awesome. I think I want to wrap it there and move on to our picks. Picks? Because I right. really like that. I like how you kind of tied that with a bow.
1: I, I, I look for things to tie bows, to.
0: You do. You watch for patterns. Tie
1: Ta- It's called tie
0: <laughs> No, you watch for patterns. Okay. <laughs> You're funny. Okay, so um, do you want to go first tonight at the pick?
1: Okay. I have um essentially an art pick which is actually an amalgamation pick
0: oh did you do multiple picks in one i did (laughs) you're a turkey
1: and uh fair enough so um in less than two weeks i am uh i'm I'm a co-organizer of an event called game dev day at this it's at a um sort of steam museum that is interactive and, and and it's for it's 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 a children's museum that has like these hands-on ongoing exhibits, but then there's always like different cool events going on there and whatnot, classes, workshops. And so there's this Game Dev Day event going on February 11th. And if you happen to, you know, live in the Minnesota Twin Cities area or whatnot, this is, you know, definitely a commutable thing. And, um, if you have, um, a kid who's curious about making video games at whatever age, uh, whether, um, elementary school, middle school, even, um, even high school. Oh, Uh, This is, this is a good event. And, um, we are using a few different applications that are helping explore different aspects of, of, of game design. And they're all in these little miniature learning experiences where it's not like, Oh, you're attending one workshop for a bunch of hours. Like you may show up and and have five minutes at, at, at a learning, learning experience and be, I'm like, okay, that's what, that was yeah, fun. Yeah, be
0: exposed to some really cool different design ideas yeah. and coding. and uh,
1: Exactly. And so we're um, like, we're three apps, or three applications that you can use on a variety of platforms uh, that I wanted to mention. Uh, one of them, them is called Scratch, and that's a way to do visual coding. And visual coding is like you get to do some some logic with these building blocks that are kind of like Legos that you sort of drag and drop like playing cards in a way. Yeah. and instruction then Instruction cards. Instruction yeah. cards, yeah. And so you, you sort of set them in an order and say like, when I say go to this app, then it does this. When I click on this, you know, fish, it does that. When I click on, and so it's this little thing that, like I, I mentioned Adobe Flash earlier, in a way, it's like a learning coding environment version of Adobe Flash. And but like so much more super approachable, great for all audiences. So scratch, right? Fantastic. Um Sonic Pi is another one. And so Sonic Pi is all about um
0: running really fast.
1: Yes. And carrying a pie.
0: Pie. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> pie as in it's a um uh well it's a pun on the math term pie, right? So yeah, and it's about um Using code to make sound. So imagine if you had like a Casio keyboard, right? Yeah. Make synths and sounds, maybe drum instruments, things. And like you can like say, Hi, my name is Kate or whatever into it. And then that's you, you so can what like, I'm going to code. It, into it. Part, it was great. Hi, my name is Kate. Hardware is great. you know, like, we like play it all sorts of different pitches and whatever, right?
0: <laughs> nice. I'm going to totally do that. Yeah. Game dev day.
1: Yep. Awesome. And uh, so Sonic Pi is like having that, except not with a keyboard it's all with code. So you can fantastic. do fantastic. Yeah, so you can you can make songs with a little bit of logic and have some cool ambient music or like dance music. It's a, it's amazing the kind of things you can do with that. And Sonic Pi is a fantastic app. The last one um is actually a pair of things that let you do stuff like Mario Paint. And they're inspired by Mario Paint, which is a, a um um from a classic video game system called the Super Nintendo entertainment system or the SNES or super NES and um it,
0: I've never heard it called the SNES before <laughs> that's a new one for I call me. it the SNES in my head all the time really yeah I've always heard super NES
1: that always felt formal where I was like oh fancy that's you funny. call it the super NES yeah Anyway. Yeah. So it could have been because I started out as a Genesis kid where I was like Sega Genesis, you know, this is my loyalty. And well, actually even before that it was Turbo Graphics. Anyway, um, uh, Mario paint is a place where you could express, um, you can put, you can make drawings, you can make them into like, like a little video sequences or, and, or you could add music to them or just make music. And so these apps that I'm talking about now are about that that music composing aspect of Mario Paint. Nice. And one, you can just go to a website that, as long as your web browser can can run run a uh, Flash, actually, um, and that is called um, uh, Mario Paint Music Composer. And then there's another one that's a downloadable app that uh, I I t- It's tough to pick. Like I think I prefer the downloadable app a little bit better. And it's called Mario um, Mario Paint. Ad, um oh no, oh no, Advanced Mario Sequencer. So, oh, okay. There you know. And that's a way where you can essentially um, draw these little characters on the screen. You're like, oh, there's a Mario, there's a Mario, there's a Yoshi, there's a star, there's a ship. Right. Each one of them is associated with a different sound. And you're oh, you're like nice. sort of having those over like acro- from left to right over a timeline. And you're, you're making some really making fun Making some music. music. So yeah, those are really approachable, highly usable for all ages um, ways to make music.
0: Fantastic picks. There you go. I like those. Great picks. Thanks. Um, well, I have um, a much simpler, much shorter science pick tonight. <laughs> um, and then I have a follow-up from one of our previous picks uh-huh. that I want to talk about. But first I'll tell you my, my new pick um and this came up again recently um and that's why I wanted to bring this one up is so the 7-year-old brought this up a couple times in the last 2 months and it's something we did when she was like 5 so i think you know that's usually a good indicator for me where if we do something and she's still talking about it 2 years later and it was um so silly it was cleaning pennies hmm. So, um, they were studying money at school or actually at the time she was in preschool, they were studying money in preschool and she wanted to take, they were taking money in and talking about different things and they were looking at the dates and the years and all of this. And so she got to looking at, you know, how dirty and clean some of them were. And we have a book on our bookshelf. Um, that's the everything kids science experiments book. Mm. And in there, there's a science experiment on cleaning pennies. And it's very simple. It's just salt and vinegar. And so you mix, you dissolve salt and vinegar and, um, you drop the pennies in and and let them sit. And, you know, from a few hours, I think we them sit overnight just for fun. Um, they become, they get cleaned and you can, Mm. you know, take a little scrub brush and scrub them and they get very, very shiny. And so she was talking to me just the other day about, you know, where are those shiny pennies that we cleaned mom? I want to, you know, I want to find my shiny pennies. And so that's my science pick because I think it's kind of a fun one. I did, of course, a quick um, search online and found that there's other um, penny cleaning um, options out there. But the salt and vinegar is the one that um, is by far the best. But if you care to try, you can also compare it to using cola, like using a a, a cola soda um, or ketchup. Apparently ketchup cleans pennies. Ketchup. Ketchup. And ketchup does better than cola based on what I've read.
1: Does ketchup work as well?
0: I don't think so. I think it has to be ketchup. Okay. <laughs> um, but again, I will caveat that by saying that's what I read on the internet, which I'm not sure I trust.
1: Uh, yeah. Always, yeah, check your sources and, you know, find, verify. Speaking of that, though, wait right? a minute. Yeah. This, the, what a perfect transition into some follow-up.
0: So back in episode 10, one of my science picks was this really cool orange floating experiment where you take an orange and you put it in water and the orange floats and then you peel the orange and the orange sinks. Mm. And I was so excited to try this. And well, we got a chance with the kids to do it, um, last weekend. And I got several different objects out that would float or sink and got this big thing, this big vase full of water. And, um, we set stood around the kitchen table and, talked about each of them and it was funny because the two and a half year old was very distracted by the clementine. I did use a clementine not an orange um, Mm. but she was very distracted by the clementine on the table and kept trying to peel it. I was like no, no, no. No, 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 no. I actually had to get a replacement one. Uh, (laughs) We're doing sink or float and she's like but I would like to eat that. So we did sink or float with a whole bunch of different small objects that we had and I got to the orange the clementine and I said do you think it's going to sink or float and immediately the seven year old's like, it's gonna float, mom. And she had this big smile on her face. And I'm like, all right. So Wait we put it in. I know, right? So we put it in, and of course it floats. So I take it back out and I start peeling it. And I'm talking to them and, you know, talking about, well, what do you think is gonna happen if I peel the clementine and I put it back in the water? And, you know, is it gonna sink or float? And again, seven year old, big smile on her face. She goes, it's gonna sink, mom. And I said, well, why do you think that? And she goes on to explain exactly. Why? Maybe she listened to the podcast. Did
1: she listen to the podcast? <laughs> well, on episode ten of the Art and Science podcast,
0: they said. Yeah. So she said, "Well, no." She said the um, the the cover of the orange has um, how did she describe it? She didn't say it had air pockets in it, but she kind of described the concept of it. She mm-hmm. didn't have like kind of all those all the words for the science behind it, but she said it helps it to float and keeps it up. So I dropped the peeled clementine in the water, and it floats. So now I've got two kids trying to push the Clementine to the bottom and not let it come up. And I've got water spilling everywhere and they're yelling, keep it down. It's supposed to sink. and It didn't. So I don't know, I might have to try more citrus uh fruits to see whether or not it works. I wonder.
1: I mean, there that's uh maybe there's an exception to cle- clementines. They're just Well, uh, then it was
0: a it was a large clementine. I don't know yeah. if that would have anything to do with it. Hmm. Like it wasn't like one of those little tiny ones. Hmm. It was a pretty good size. I thought the thing was going to sink. It didn't.
1: It certainly looks just like an orange, just slightly smaller. So, <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know that its chemistry would be any different. But anyway, if anybody knows the answer, you can certainly tweet it to me. I would appreciate it. All right. All right. And with that, I think it wraps us up for today. We are the Art Science Punks coming to you each week with stories of art, science, and creativity. Sometimes stories, struggles, and even our successes at balancing our personal passions with work and family.
1: Art and Science Punks has a blog at artandsciencepunks.com and on Twitter we are ArtSciencePunks.
0: You can also find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm or on iTunes where we would appreciate your five-star rating. Thanks, and you can always tweet me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter.
1: And I'm Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. Go sink in orange. <laughs>